So, uh, at this time we'll have our first message by Mr. David Hope, entitled, The Bible as a Need-to-Know Basis Only. Thank you, Mr. Steele, and good afternoon, everyone. A beautiful fall afternoon. Well, I've been waiting for this all summer. I have ulterior motives. I'm wanting the frost to get my pecans so I can get pecan before the squirrels clear them all out. Anyway, but yeah, I love it. I was talking to uh, Reg Nolan earlier, and, and uh, uh, he was talking about the title of my message. I probably should have cleared it with him. He gave me a good title one time here before, and, and uh, the title I have now is really quite ambiguous, you know, and I'm not apologizing. It just has a lot of meanings, or possible meanings. And uh, hopefully, time we get through with it, you'll know where I'm going. But uh, I, I think I'll kind of go there a little bit before I even get started. You know, uh, as to need know, as as need to know, you know. Uh, and I guess probably a, a good example would be when uh, when military are going into action. You know, the next day they're going to be deployed somewhere, whether they're a pilot or a marine or sailor, whatever, they tell them, well, you know, uh, oh, 800 or whatever hours it is in the morning that they're going to do their thing, you be here, you be ready, you have this with you, and they don't tell them what they're going to do. A lot of, some of you military people probably have experienced some of that. Maybe it's nothing but the National Guard going out on maneuvers or something, but uh, uh, you don't need to know. They don't think you need to know or they don't want you to know, but by the time it gets down to what you really need to know, you need to know. Well... The Bible is a lot that way. Some things we don't know. Sometimes, some things we don't need to know. Sometimes we would like to know. And even like one of the scriptures, even, even some of the angels desire to know certain things that, you know, that we've been revealed to. But, uh, and I guess what really brought this on was our Tuesday night Bible study a couple of weeks ago. We were studying into Acts and uh, we were studying where, uh, what is it, Acts 6 or 7, where uh, um, Stephen was was giving his uh, uh, blowout against all the Pharisees, Sadducees, and all the religious people, and, and telling them, um, you know, what, what they were doing wrong, explaining Jesus. But but uh, make a long story short, he started way back with Abraham, covered a lot of territory all the way up to that present time, to the time just, prior to that until they killed Jesus Christ. And they mentioned, or he mentioned the fact that, you know, all of the prophets, you know, you killed, you ridiculed, you did this and you did that. But a lot of things he left out. You know, a lot of things, Stephen, if you read that account, you, you, you'll see that he left a lot of stuff out. Well, they didn't need to know. A lot of them knew what they were talking about anyway. He was clear enough with it that uh, it made him mad enough to kill him. <laughs> So anyway, but uh, maybe they didn't need to know everything <laughs> from Stephen's standpoint, but he did. But a lot of things. And uh, uh, a few years ago, I was talking, and, and this is something you know. You think, well, David, you're getting out on a limb. You're getting out here. Well, you you know, some things I'm going to say you don't necessarily need to know. So don't don't blame me if I have a little uh, different possible outlook or something. But I asked a, a minister few years ago, not, not one of ours, so you don't, you don't know who I'm talking about. And I asked him, I said, well, I said, do you think Adam, I mean not Adam, but uh, Abraham and, and the patriarchs, 
you know, most, most of them back before Moses' time kept the Sabbath and the holy days and even mentioning, you know, the patriarchs even, you know, back before the flood and all that. He said, well, you know, I don't know. Never thought about it. And I thought that was kind of odd, you know, because most of us understand and realize, and, and even, even a lot of the, the, the churches, you know, non-churches of God, understand that God created the Sabbath at the creation week. We know that. You know, there's no doubt about that. And then we go over to Exodus 20, which is the first time that you actually see the Sabbath mentioned since then. And, uh, and he said, remember the Sabbath for because of, you know, seven, six days we, God created earth, you know, and all that and rested. Well, a lot of people have the idea that he created it at creation and just put it on a shelf. You know, we'll just put the Sabbath and the Ten Commandments and all that on the shelf. We won't even worry about it for about 2,500 years, you know, roughly, you know, until Moses comes on the scene, then we're going to get it out. Now, we probably have never thought it that way, but sometimes people get that idea. Well, you know, the, the Sabbath really, uh, even though it was codified, uh, you know, in Exodus 20, but a lot of people get the idea, well, it really didn't happen before that. Yeah, it happened to creation, but God just planned on instituting it at, at uh, um, you know, when, when we take people out of Egypt and go into the wilderness. Let's visit for a little bit to uh, Leviticus, and I'm going to try to not keep too long on the subject, but anyway, go to, I said Leviticus, I'm sorry, uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 14th chapter, and we'll start verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 12. Ezekiel 14 and verse 12. We'll move it in. And the word, and this is Ezekiel speaking. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, when the land sins against me by transgressing grievously, so what is sin? You know, even back then. Then I will stretch out my hand upon it and break, and will break the staff of the bread thereof and will send famine upon it and cut off man and beast from it. Verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, says the Lord God. By their righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? What, 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 did they have righteousness back in Noah's day, back way before uh, Moses came on the scene? Verse 15, and we'll continue along this line. If I cause noisome beasts noisome beast to pass through the land, and they spoil it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beast, though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, they shall only be delivered. But the, but the hand, I'm sorry, but the land shall be desolate anyway. Or if I bring a sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land so that I cut off man and beast from it, though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall deliver themselves. And I think a lot of the young people need, you know, some of our relatives, they really need to realize too, 
you know, when, when things get, get hard and heavy, they, they can't look to us to save them. We save only ourselves. I can't save my mate, and my mate can't save me, and neither can you yours. But you can only save yourself with God's help. Verse 19, Or if I send a pestilence into the land and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off, or to cut off it from man and beast, though Noah, remember way back Noah, Daniel and Job were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter, they shall but deliver their own souls by their own righteousness. So we know uh, what righteousness is, and if I ask you, most of you, as, as a kind of a proof scripture, you'll automatically uh, pop up to the next verse that they've got up here, Psalms 119, 172. You know, that's almost a memory verse with a lot of us. It says, um, uh, verse 172 says, My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. And it was the same way back in Noah's day and back in Enoch's day and back in Adam's day. They still had the same standard. 1 John 5, 2-3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So there's nothing new here for us, period. You know, we, we know that and this is knowledge that we really do need to know. Romans 7 verse 12, another memory verse for most of us. Wherefore, the law is holy, the commandment holy and just and good. And there's so many scriptures that a lot of you could even think of that, that we're leaving totally out altogether that, you know, so many times back uh, in Abraham's day, we know that, that uh, Abraham did some things that could cause other people to sin, you know, when he told everyone, uh, the king, that uh, his wife was his sister, you know, and the king said, hey, you almost made me sin, you know. So there, there was a standard even back then. Okay, we read. Okay, and uh, you know Ezekiel spoke of uh, uh, Noah, Daniel, and Job. We'll go a little bit and, and look at Job, and there's a lot of things we can go to, but let's let's go to Genesis, the sixth chapter. Just a little bit of uh, refreshment, refreshing. Now I've got refreshment up here. Genesis 6 and verse 5. And God, excuse me, breaking into it. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repents me that I have made them. Look here, look here, looky here, boy, good English. 
Look, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And like I said, you know, the Bible didn't come right out and say, Noah kept the Sabbath day. Noah didn't commit idolatry. But can we assume that that's not true? I mean, why would God have made the commandments and, and even the Sabbath day if he didn't allow them to do it? But we didn't need to know that. And if you don't believe that, it's not important to you. Uh, what's really important is if not if you if if you just decide well I don't want to do the Sabbath anymore I don't want to do this idolatry business anymore I don't care if if if, if this is sin I want to do it anyway like some of the country and western songs go you know I, I like country and western but some of the old uh, country and western music is nothing but garbage and and I still like to listen to some of it. But, but this one female artist you know well this is sin I don't want to be right. You know, uh, anyway, on and on. But the same standard was with Noah. Go to uh, the New Testament, and the New Testament will even verify some of this. Uh, we'll go to Second Second Peter 2 and verse 4 and 5. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, we know what sin is, transgression of the law, but cast them down to the hell or the grave or prison and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, preacher of the commandments, a preacher of what's good and right, bringing in the flood upon the earth. So uh, even Noah, way before Moses, And I don't really need to go too much about Daniel. Daniel was the next one Ezekiel was talking about. We know the history of Daniel. We know all the the uh, things that he did that jeopardized his own life. To uh, that, you know, he didn't bow down to the golden statues and all that. And, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know that that uh, uh, they were even, they even went so far as to be thrown into the fire that uh, even burned up the people that threw them in. Uh, in order to not worship any other god, you know, to keep one of the God's Ten Commandments. So I'm not going to go into that. Uh, but uh, Ezekiel did speak of Job, one of the, one of the three, that uh, only Job can deliver himself. himself. And uh, I think even at times Job felt like that he could do a little better job and, and, and uh, maybe he didn't know, maybe he thought he could save his own children. Uh, I don't know what he thought. You, whatever you think you would, would probably be right. But uh, like I said, some of these things I'm saying is not, I don't think it's any heresy. I don't think, you know, you're going to hope you don't throw rocks at me or anything. But anyway, but uh, some some things we don't have to know, but I think are, they're good to speculate on. Uh, I'm going to read in Job, and I think Scripture, see if we have the same thing. Yeah, we have the same thing. Nope, we didn't up there, did we? Okay. Hey, I need to know that. Wow, good. I thought you were getting ahead of me. I thought, well, I'm not ready for that scripture yet, but it was back here on the wall. Is that the way we normally do that? We put it on the back wall first so we know where to go? 
That's good if you, if you do. That way it keeps me from getting lost. Anyway, I'm learning something. Good. The more you know about your product, the better off you are. Okay. Job, first chapter, and uh, one through five. And by the way, no one knows really for sure when Job was written. A lot of people would tell you they do, but a lot of, there, there's no, as far as I can understand, there's no, no one really actually knows for sure when it was. A lot, of, a lot of speculation about Job and a lot of things. I don't have time to go into it. It's, it's interesting. I'm just beginning to study into some of the stuff. It's, it's uh, to the point if I said too much, it would be heresy. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, stuff that I'm saying, I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So he really was a, a commandment-keeping man. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was was seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons, verse 4, and his sons went, sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day. Some people say that was on their birthday and they had a big party and, uh, and called for the relatives and it said, and sent and called for their sister, their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And, you know, we do that a lot of times, too. We have parties and anniversaries. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, Thus did Job continually. So apparently Job had some, some religious format, some religious process that he was going through. And, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us that they had certain holy days, what those holy days were, what they meant. The Bible doesn't tell us that, and we don't really have to know it. Although I think it would be good if, if we did know it and say, well, looky, look here, looky here. I get this so okay. But anyway, um, it, it, it would be, in, it would give us a little more credibility. Say, well, you know, Job kept this and kept these holy days and all that. It would just help our, our, our position so far as the continuality. But if we tried to use it to say absolutely what, well, we'd probably be dishonest with the scripture. But as long as we're looking and supposing and thinking and using our common sense and using human reasoning that we used to be a long time ago, uh, instructed don't do the human reasoning because just, you know, you can get too far out. But anyway, uh, it, I, it, it seems that, that Job had some, some form of religion and we know that he must have been Pretty close to God's way because Ezekiel put him in the company of Joe of of, uh, of uh, Daniel and and uh, uh, who was the other guy Daniel and, and Daniel Daniel Daniel. Uh, okay, where am I now? In the sun. Okay, and um, I got it. 
try to make sure I'm not outrunning my notes too far. Okay, now we'll read uh, verse uh, also in Job. Uh, go, did I read 6 through 8? Okay, I, I think I read, what did I read to? 6? I read 5. 5? Oh, oh. Okay. Now, okay, now there was, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read uh, a couple more verses here. Um, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Where have you come from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now here's where I could get into a lot of trouble if I really say this is definitely how it is, because I know people have their mind made up, they have their mind made up that the sons of God uh, are angels. There's another place that they, in, in Job where we're actually really pretty clear that they are angels, but in most cases where it talks about sons of God, and, we, and this is, can be a long, drawn-out message, and if I cause too much confusion, and I may have to... Uh, qualify that I may have to give another message sometime and, <laughs> and give the give the stuff that I'm leaving out today. But there are some people that uh, that claim that uh, let me see what I said here. Some people claim that uh, well, in in another verse two here, I'll read. Uh, let me, let me jump on before I make a, a little bit of a disclaimer here. Uh, Job uh, chapter 2 and verse 1 to 3. And there was a day, oh, again, here another time, again, verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord, and the Lord said unto Satan, From whence come you? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro the earth and from walking up and down in it. And like I said, there are some people that claim that uh, uh, Job and uh, some other Christians, or were these, uh, not Christians because Christ wasn't here, but godly people, were the sons of God that, that they were talking about and that they were keeping some type of a Sabbath or some type of a holy day situation. Uh, whether you can actually prove it, you, you really can't. But when you realize that Job was a religious man and he most likely did keep the Sabbath, uh, and I kind of have a tendency of agreeing with some of the people that, that lean toward these sons of God here were godly people. If I had time to go to all the other scriptures in here to where, you know, even one of the scriptures, and I, I, I did give a little bit of a mess, offshoot of a message here a few years ago, 
about the sons of God uh, saw the daughters of men and they married them and all of that and they had giant. Well, they said the result was that it was giants, but uh, some some groups, some churches even claimed that those were angels. And of course, we went into the details showing that angels and humans don't cohabit together. They don't, you know, and angels neither marry nor give them to marriage. And um, uh, I was even in a group one time, uh, one of the churches, where the, the, the preacher even said, yeah, this is angels. But anyway, we, we know that the sons of God at that particular time was the descendants of uh, uh, Seth coming on down, you know, from Adam. And uh, the, the, they, they were godly people. And, and, and there's a lot of scriptures we can back that up to where... Enoch and others, and, and of course there were two Enochs too. There was an Enoch on Seth's lineage, and there was an Enoch on uh, Canaan's lineage also, somewhere around the same time period. But but the Enoch that, that uh, they talk about so much is, is one on Seth's uh, side of the lineage. But anyway, so is am I accurate on that? No. Is it is it uh, am I wasting your time by even telling you that? Well. If, if you want to study it and you're running out of stuff to study, you're tired, you study the same old stuff for years, and if you want to uh, study some more stuff and, and I don't know what to say, come up with new truth. You know, we don't get new truth like we used to. We used to get new truth all the time, you know, by headquarters. They'd give us new truth. But we don't, we don't get new truth. We just uh, individually come up with different understandings, and your understanding may be different than mine, and mine are different than yours. And as long as neither one of us are out here haranguing each other and, and telling each other that, that, that we're uh, heathens and we hate each other and we're still doing the things that we know that we're supposed to do then uh, I, I think it's okay to speculate and uh, if, if I'm making someone extremely uncomfortable by saying uh, some of these things that the sons of God uh, in so many places uh, are godly people and uh, just like Bill Fowler gave messages uh, years ago and and he was always saying, you know, you are sons of God. There's so many scriptures in the, throughout the New Testament says, you are sons of God. You are the sons of God. What a blessing it is to, for God to call us the sons of God. And, and we're going to inherit the universe. You know, so there's so, so, so many things. And, and I know a lot of, uh, a lot of ch- churches and a lot of people believe will really criticize us for having the audacity to say we are sons of God or we will be sons of God. But it's the truth. It says it. I, I didn't take my concordance out and, and my computer and print out all of the time. There, there's so much proof that shows that we, because we have the Spirit of God, we are right now the sons of God. And it says that we just do not appear right yet what we will be. When Christ comes, we'll see him as he is and we'll be like he is. So, uh, anyway. Uh, and I'm going to conclude on a couple of more remarks. Uh, like I have written down because I didn't want didn't to forget it. Some of this is not necessary or do we need to know at this time. You know what? What I said. Some of the things that maybe uh, we don't we don't have to know that we don't really have to know 
what's going to happen after the uh, the hundred year period, you know, after the millennium. We don't have to know that. Can we think about it? Can we talk to one another about it? I can't get up here and tell you, oh, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and, and you're going to be over such and such and you're going to be doing something else because you're good at it and I'm going to give, you know, I'm not giving out the job. I don't know what we're going to do for sure. I just know for one thing that we're going to live for billions of years if you want to keep track of time and what we do in that billions of years, I don't know and we've talked about some of this speculation before. Uh, you know, it's it's we, we we've got billions and billions and billions and billions of years, and like the song goes, we've been there ten thousand years. It doesn't take away at all from what we've got. It, it's not even getting started. So, whatever we do, whatever you speculate, uh, I I think it's going to be great. I, I think I'm going to be able to play instruments when <laughs> when I get up in the you know the world tomorrow. I, I think I'm going to be able to sing a little bit without the vanity of not trying. Uh, anyway, a lot of things, but um, uh, we don't need to know it. We don't have to know it, and someday we will know it. God will see that we know it. Um, and what we one of the things that we really do need to know. And we've talked about that a little bit today. We cannot save anyone but ourselves. You know, you're the only one that, that, that you're responsible for. You know, your mate, you can't save your children, you can't save your friends. But we also know that we must, you know, things that we know that we're supposed to do, and, and or at least as part of our commission, is to go to the world and preach the gospel, the things that we really do know. We are to do that, and uh, we are to set the proper example. We are to not offend the little ones out here, and we are to set the right example and, and like I said, preach the gospel. So there, there are a lot of things that we do know that, we're, that we should be doing, and uh, it's okay to speculate on some things, but let's, let's not get bent out of shape over it, and, and let's be very diligent on doing the things that we know that we should be doing and can be doing.